he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bolotified, the one and only event entertainment and engagement podcast, plus some other things as well come up from time to time. I'm Anthony Bolotta, your, I guess you'd call me your chief Bolotophile, and I'm here along with, as I am every week, uh, Alex Apostolidis, the chief bottle washer, chief cook, <laughs> chief everything. How you doing, kiddo? I'm good, but you just brought up a really sweet memory because that's what my dad used to say all the time. Oh, yeah? What did he yep. call you? Chief, chief cook and bottle washer. Yeah, I couldn't, um, I couldn't quite come out with that. Chief but. cook and bottle washer, <laughs> yes. I mean, you and I are relatively the same age. It's not like you're my dad's age, but that is something he used to say all yeah. the time. Yeah, so cute. Comes nice with memory. a comes with a lot of uh, self awareness, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing exactly where your place really is. <laughs> so you're. Um, I kind of have the sense that you're trudging through a bit today. That you're not feeling a thousand percent, but you're with us nonetheless. I am here. I'm in it to win it. Um, and yes, um, you know, you heard me speaking before we went on the air that I I have the joy and the pleasure of getting a root canal tomorrow. Woohoo! I love it. I just love it for you. God bless. Dig deep. Dig deep. Well, that's what he'll be doing. It's the endodontist you're going yes, to. Yes, I'm going to go. That, that's yeah. yeah, it's the but. best way to go. Yeah. And I'm not in any pain right now, which is good. It just has to be done. Did you have a crown? Are you replacing a crown? Um, No, uh, I do have, but not there. And uh, it started feeling like my, like something was stuck in my gum. So that's what I thought it was. And then I went to my dentist a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday or Sunday, because that's when she was open. And, you know, I said, I think I have a cavity. She goes, no, because you do, but for that tooth, no. And she goes, it's too bad for me to do it. I said, but I'm not in any pain. She goes, lucky you. <laughs> Get me to an endodontist. So I just, yeah, had to wait for some insurance to kick in and that kicks in today. Wow. Okay. So he's going all the way in the back of your mouth and pulling that sucker out deep. Mm-hmm. Gonna get deep. That root's coming out, baby. Yep. And then we're just gonna repair the tooth. We're not gonna I, I'm not sh- exactly sure what we're going to do after that because my dentist is trying to help me out and go the more economical route for right now. Okay. It's your back, 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 back. It's the second to the last. Yeah. Okay. Crawl. No, it's my third. Oh, your third. Yeah. First one took four hours because it wasn't an anodontist. Second one took an hour because it uh, was an anodontist. Because it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you learn, you learn. I've only had one, thank God, but I've had lots of crowns. I could be king. <laughs> you are king. <laughs> thank you. King, <laughs> I could, at least my, my, my mouth could be a king. I'm, not, I'm no king. Well, no. you know, 
Don't we say that about your dulcet tones anyway? They're kingly? Yes. Are they? Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. So how are you doing with your comedy material? So, you know, Alex and I are through our, we should let everyone know because I believe we told them that we were going to do Susanna's class or stand-up class, but here we are now at the end of it. We actually, on Saturday, we have a stand-up show that we are, well, we have entitled ourselves, we've engaged ourselves in doing, we signed up for doing. I didn't realize that taking the class that it ended with a show. Me either. I had no clue. It's a bit frightful, yes. but but I think I think Alex is doing very well. Actually, it force it's you forcing do. us to do some writing, right, and some thinking. I love. I mean, I love to write, and I was actually only always something in school I excelled and always got A's in all my papers. And I I'm very much a stream of conscious writer. So once I start, it's it's verbal diarrhea because it all comes out. So it's the, you know, the weeding out, the paring down, as Susanna likes to say, trimming the fat. So, uh, you know, what was initially, um, I don't know, five or six pages of notes after the first class is now down into little chunks. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, no, that's great. I spent three hours last night writing three hours. I didn't intend to, but it's just like you. And now I have more. So, you know, I have to really go back and decide, but I'm trying to, you know, she'd given me a note not to stay on one topic too long. And so I'm trying not to. Yeah. So I'm trying to take those notes in and, and broaden it a little bit, which is smart because it shouldn't be about one thing anyway. And it shouldn't be too technical is what I learned too from some of the comments. Like if I do this one bit and use words that people don't know it's not going to come across you know the yiddish thing yeah, yeah. i mean i'm right there with you yeah, thank you i may not be jewish but i feel like yiddish is a second language right well you you know you know you know, you know. if you, you know. spend if you spend a lifetime around jews like both you and i have then you know it's just like it becomes a second language you know uh but uh, yeah 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 but I'm thinking that um, it might actually, you know, thinking for myself, if I decide to continue on with this, because what it is doing is making, like I said, making me write, um, that it might be better to either take a class, like another perspective, or to take some just one-on-one -on -one session with Susanna. Because I'm feeling like I'm sort of having a hard time in the class, and I don't mean to be causing trouble, but I kind of feel like... Uh, I'm having a hard time agreeing with some things, you know, and we've, we talk about expletives and I, you know, I just, I don't consider myself a prude in any sense. I mean, you know, I, I just don't, but I do like well-placed words, words matter. And so throwing the F bomb around to me is just not funny. And uh, I, I think that's just one of maybe the fundamental things that I, disagree with where stand-up comedy is concerned because it seems just to be a a well accepted word and it's put it's used in a variety of ways but it's not done like it's certainly not a george carlin routine you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. that that's what makes it funny for me so i i'm having a, and it's the it could be the the art form itself but we watch stand-up 
we watch a lot of stand-up. D- D'Angelo loves it. Oh, and, we do. Ileana and I watch it all the time together. You know, it is in the story. It is in the, you You do get engrossed in the person and their rhythm. And, you know, Susanna's that, that, you know, you, mm-hmm. once you start, once she's started, you can't take your eyes off her. Right. She's sort of got that zany, what's going to happen next kind of vibe. You know, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has taught us that it's not so much the writing as it is the intent. That's just and, it. Yeah. Right. But, but what we have to remember, see, this is where I think maybe I'm, I'm going off a bit in the class or getting off a bit in the track in the classes. I do agree with that, but then it's about coloring it so that it doesn't all come across the same way, you know, mm-hmm. um, which you and I know because we, you know, we have the theatrical experience. Which almost is, can be a little bit of a disadvantage. I think I went in thinking that was a real great advantage. And I wonder for myself, not for you, but for myself, if that can be a disadvantage because you go in with this kind of preconceived notion of how you've been trained, classes, shows, all this stuff. And, 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 and there's a way of approaching things that is so inherently in my bones Mm-hmm. And for this, I have to kind of shut all that off because this is a different, it, it's like when I started voiceover, you know, I kind of went in with some of my teachers and this isn't going to make me sound very good, but like, come on, <laughs> what are you going to teach me? I think, oh, I've been through acting class after acting class. But once I flip that switch, I will say that I learned more from my VO coaches than almost any teacher or director I ever worked with, with two very notable exceptions in my world. So are you talking about technique, fourth wall? Uh, what's what in, what in particular? Well, you... just how I approach, um, how I'm approaching the material from a character standpoint, that it is me. I it, This isn't a, a character I am taking me and elevating personified and, and, right. right right so uh i approach everything okay what's my character who am i talking to what what's the point you know so some of those play into it but i i'm not playing somebody else everything that i is in my little routine there's element of truth it's all based on something that happened it's all based on on right. my life right so i have to learn how to play me Right. But make me relatable. Right. Hopefully funny. But I think all you have to see, and this was the point I was trying to make on Saturday. I think all you really need to do is step us through it moment by moment, not give us the end at the beginning. So all you have to do is tell us the story like it just happened and it wasn't funny, you know? And you're relating it, if that's the case. And I think all of us in that class have the capability, the ability to do that. And and they're not performers, just sort of thinking in our minds, okay, what were we thinking the moment before that happened, that funny thing? And let me see if I can reenact that in my stage presence and bring that live right now, because that's what's going to be funny, because it's what happened. It's not the telling it's the showing of what happened, you know, and uh, that's sort of how I'm trying to 
that's what it feels. That's what feels funny for me, you know, and that's sort of how I'm, I'm crafting my own little thing, trying to figure out, you know, what's funny. <laughs> what's funny. It's, oh my God. It's hard. I had no idea. And I know you said this when we started, but I really had no idea we were ending up in a, in a performance. No. Yeah. The, I, I mean, I remember the feeling in the pit of my stomach, that first class, or I don't know if it, yeah, I think it was the first class or, or maybe it was an email prior, but the very, class, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit of a bait and switch, huh? But it's okay. You know, it, it forces you, it forces, it's a great, it's, I get it because without that, you really have nothing to work towards and you're not forced to do anything. So it's good to have a goal. I, I totally get it. It makes us work. Plus it gives us, and we're lucky. We really are because we get to do it virtually, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I don't think I'm, I'm not going to know all my material. And that's part of what like really doing it well is about the timing and knowing it, you know, but at least we can have it in front of us, you know, because we're doing it virtually. God, if we had to do this on a stage, I think I'd, crap my pants to be quite honest with you well there would be a whole lot of sleepless nights because um i would not be going to bed period until it was every nuance was rehearsed and in my bones so i i i can sleep a little the only problem is is having it kind of in front of you and not make it look like you're reading i want i i want to see the people on doing this for I want to see their expression because uh if you don't and you you know even when they're not laughing if people have a smile on their face you know or something and you feel like they're engaged and enjoying it's okay that they're not laughing yeah I have a trip um, uh, a, a little trick that I'm going to try to uh do myself I was thinking about this last night maybe you can too I'm going to try to actually stop and like look at everyone every once in a while. Although I want to try to focus on the light, you know, and try to be good about doing that. Um, just to sort of get gauge what people are doing as well. Cause that's the advantage of the virtual thing is like, I can see right now, if, if you think it's funny, you're going to laugh. There's going to be a smile on your face. If not, you're going to stand that you sit there, you know, pleasantly and I'm going to see it. It's not like there's a, a black dark shroud over you. You're in the dark of the audience, you know? So uh, I'm more freaked out by the two other people that are going to be performing and opening. And I, I don't, if I had to come after them without knowing who they are, I'd feel a little different. I know I really want to be last to be honest with you. Cause it means waiting you know, waiting to the end. And so I'd much rather be first and be done. I'm that guy. Let me on, let me get it over with. I don't want to sit here in agony. It's too, it's too much agony. How, how long? Um, so there's going to be, there's six of us. So there's going to be, um, so there's eight total. So there's going to be seven before you. Right. Oh, it's scheduled that's... scheduled for 90 minutes, this show. Oh, and then Susanna may do something. I would imagine she's, yeah. And I thought it was a good 
call for her to MC. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So we are, we are talking about this stand-up comedy show. And because we, we've talked about it, we, we would not be doing our audience service if we didn't tell them that the link can be shared with them to see the show. So if you're interested in seeing the show, and it's a small donation, if you wish, 5 to $10 is what she's asking. But if you don't have that, just log on if you like. We make no promises. It's it's a coming out party, if you will, but you're more than welcome. It's this Saturday night, uh, the 6th of February, and it's at uh, 6 o'clock. That's Pacific Standard Time. So uh, mark your calendars and look in the show notes. If you're interested, there will be a link there for you to follow. Uh, if you love it, great. If you don't, hey, you know. What else did Take you have to class. do? Take a class. See how hard it is. No. Yeah. <laughs> Take a class. Try it. I love that you said it's a coming out party because as a Greek girl, we don't have like debutantes. And I always wanted a quinceanera, but that's not something my culture does. So, you know, I'm my age and I'm getting a coming out party. And I'm having my bar mitzvah. <laughs> See, it worked out for both of us. You know, you do what you can do. That's right. That's All of you. But, but you know what? The stress, the stress of this, right, is uh, something we took on uh, willingly. But it was also, it's a good challenge for us since, mm -hmm. you know, we had some time. We may as well do something challenging. Putting that stress in perspective is one of the reasons why we're talking with whom we're talking with today. She is ever evolving, always changing her life and what she's doing. She had a 13-year career as a life coach, which I want to say, is that when you met her, when she was life coach? Okay. Uh, before. Before that. Wow. Okay. And she's worked with, I mean, as you know, celebrities, athletes, high-profile clients. She's considered the lifestyle industry's leading executive coach. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and then here's something that I relate uh, to her on, she had a serious case of postpartum depression. And after that, she began exploring her intuitive abilities and became a certified hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner, Reiki master teacher, and of course, medium, incredibly intuitive human being. She also, she taught her program of personal and professional development. And I'm going to massacre, massacre the name of this. I don't know if it's initials or you say it, the INSEEC Business School in Chambry, France. We'll let her tell us. Yeah, we'll let her. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, as a flash. And she's also authored several books, Spiritual Ideals for Leaders, a book called Drive, and one that I read, the best-selling book, The Money Formula, Great. which is incredibly eye-opening. Yeah, really will help change your perspective and relationship with money. And from that, she created the Money Formula Academy online course. And currently, she has a YouTube series called Valuable Insight, which I'm excited to have her talk about because it's I've watched some of them and they're they're really amazing. And also, in addition to that, talk about ever evolving. She in 2019, um, she started law school. And she also began a blog for law school for visual learners. So, I mean, what doesn't she do, right? Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, she's a mother of two because mm -hmm. you mentioned the 
postpartum and uh, and a wife and a homekeeper and I don't know how she does it all. She certainly packs a lot in that five foot frame of hers. Yes. She is a she's fire. She's just fire and well, we just need to bring her on because she's so lovely. Everybody will just know it immediately. Yep. So let's welcome Leslie Giovanna Kerr. Hello, Leslie. Hi, 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 hi. So you're in Harper and Donovan's room. Is that where you are? Is, no. is, is this their Zoom? Is no, this their this, account? This used to be a, a walk-in closet off of Harper's room. Oh. And I, I converted it into my law library. So where, this is where I study during law school. Wow. I, you're just, <laughs> I don't, where do you find the energy? I don't, I don't get I don't it. Where's the, and where do you have the mental capacity to learn? Like, I'm like my mother. I'm fine at learning. It's the remembering part. <laughs> well, um, let's just say. I think learning should be fun. So if you're not having fun, then what's the point in learning? And if it's not something fun, then people are not going to remember it. So with music, that's why it's so easy to remember lyrics because it's fun. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I try to make everything fun. And so what's fun about the type of law that you're recording, uh, that you're, um, you're studying? Well, I always wanted to go into law. So international trade was really what I wanted to do. And then the economy hit. So I just put it on hold uh, and then I just always been passionate about it. It's kind of like a nerd thing. I'm one of those people that reads like market news and like politics every day all the time before it was cool and woke to do it. <laughs> and for what reason? Just because you loved it. You loved it. You, you, the, the information really uh, satisfied the urge. I think it's really the philosophy of law because every word in law has a meaning. So you have a, a, a like an actual type of law could be like, what does burglary mean? Okay, the common law definition of burglary is, you know, breaking and entering the dwelling house of another in the nighttime um, with the intent to commit a felony. Okay, so they're in. So just the word nighttime in and of itself has an inherent meaning. What does that mean? Well, modernly, it means between the, the time between dusk and dawn. Okay, so every single word in a law has some kind of inherent meaning. So when you have policy, economic policy, social policy, just one word, the way it's written can affect millions of people. So for me, when you look at that and you can change the law by changing its meaning and its interpretation, which is what judicial law and legislation is, then you can really make an impact in the lives of people. That's what I find is really interesting. It is very interesting. It's all wow. about the words and the writing of the words. And you know this. Mm -hmm. I sure do. <laughs> so you'll teach me a few things, you know, when you graduate and and uh, get your your law degree and uh, pass the bar and start. Is that what you intended to do? Do you want to practice? I do want to practice, but I don't think I necessarily have my own law practice or go somewhere. My, my thing that I've been working on now is um, building businesses and scaling and creating products, which is something I've always been interested in because I was an executive coach. And over the last 13 years, I had learned from my clients how to make products, how to build factories, how to market, how to litigate, FDA, all that stuff. So I learned a lot about business, but then when you have a law degree, you see everything totally different because yes. you're talking about liability and all this. Mm -hmm. So with these two 
bodies of experience, I feel like I could just start making things, doing yeah, things. Yeah, it's power. Uh, not that kind power. of power. power. <laughs> Knowledge of the law. Power, baby. Let's show up. I love it. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna have you make my commercials. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> like in Miami. Exactly. Get that it, jingle. Get that jingle going, baby. <laughs> you should say hello to Alex. Alex, say hello. Hello. I didn't hear the exchange. Where's the exchange? Let's go. <laughs> well, I was just and and grossed in what she's saying. I, I number one love that you find law fun. I know, kind of, and, and I don't say you. that facetiously. I really, really don't. I worked for a law firm for a year. Um, it was not fun, but I, think it, <laughs> but I think it was also the lawyers I was working for. Um, the owners, the partners were great. The other lawyers, not so much. Um, so I, but I love how you you have this ever expanding bandwidth just to absorb more and more and more, and to approach something that most human beings would, would consider very dry and you're in it with passion and enjoyment and fulfillment. And I just see it uh, in your eyes. The excitement when you speak about it is inspiring. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that, Alex. Well, that spark has been there for as long as I've known Leslie and it's, it's been quite a long time now. Uh, and quite a long time, and I, you know, we could recount the story, but it's really not important. But I've known you for quite a long time. I can't believe it. Seen, yeah, it's I can't either. <laughs> I think you've you've changed and evolved uh, much more than I have in the years. Uh, you've just you've you've done so many things, so many varied things, and are so well rounded, and also throughout this entire time have managed to retain this peace and calm and acceptance of the world and the way that it is and willingness to trot a path that um, feels good and comfortable, but also uh, takes into consideration the path that others are trotting and doesn't try to, you know, bump people off of their path. You, you work in harmony with people and, and the, the world and the universe. And you, that's so ever present in everything that you do. Really, I, there are so few people like Leslie in this world that light up a room when they walk in and instantly bring joy to whatever it is she's doing. Oh my gosh! Thank you. That's what, <laughs> that's what makes you really good at um, helping us through some self care, which we're going to ask you to do a little later. Okay. Uh, but before that, we thought we would ask you a bit about marketing and branding, uh, because you are a very astute marketer. Uh, you know, you've got books on Amazon. If you do a Google search for Leslie, uh, she'll fill up a few pages of Google searches, and they're all her. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, and you've always been on the cusp of, of social media. You've got your finger on the pulse. Uh, so we thought we would ask you some questions about the need for branding and self-branding mm -hmm. uh, and the need to evolve in business. So maybe let's start there. Any thoughts on self-branding and that? Mm, well, I think the first thing that I always think about, and I think I've learned that from you, because let's just say I started working for you when I was a baby, when I graduated college, 
a million years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> just short, short years in your years. My yeah. years were dog years. Uh, but uh, I think the number one thing is what's the story that you're telling? That's the story. And a lot of times people think that their story is somebody else's perception of them or what they think their story should be in order to get something. And the biggest thing that I've learned, even just from you, in that process is take control of the narrative. Take control of your own narrative, whether it's uh, your resume, whether it's your portfolio, whether it's your videos, whether it's your podcast, whatever it is, take control. Because guess what? Life is full of uncontrollable changes. So the only thing we can control is the story that we're telling. And there's going to be tons of plot twists, you know, things that don't work out, things that do work out and telling the story, the things that don't work out into the things that do work out. Um, And so that's the number one place. What is the story that you're telling? And two, are you taking control of your narrative? Period. Those are the two things. So how do you take control of your narrative? That was my exact question. (laughs) everyone's listening well the thing i mean so the thing is is that you have to first and foremost visualize how do you see the next uh, uh chapter of your life and that's very hard when we're not in the good chapter we think that we're in some place that doesn't make sense and it requires imagination like again it goes back to a lot of things you taught me anthony was imagination creativity going forward imagining things already done and utilizing all those resources within yourself, your talents, musical writing, performance, whatever it might be, to start visualizing yourself in a completely different place. And it's if you're visualizing yourself in this place of I'm not a success, I'm not making money, I'm not getting the callbacks, or I'm not getting the attention that I'm hoping to get, then you're already writing the story of woe is me. It's not going to work out. You know, the business is hard. There's no opportunities out there. Why if, try? Right. You know what I mean? Why you, try? You've always done that. You've always pivoted. And that's the number one thing is to encourage people. If you have this end of your story where it does work out and you've grown in the characteristics that you want to grow, then the quality of your life will match that. But it first starts becoming real if you're not in a good place is recognizing, gosh, what are those characteristics that I have that are not helping me? Whether it's complaining, you know, backbiting, gossiping, um, imagining the worst case scenario, uh, lying, these kinds of things and start making those changes in growth so you can actually start to be the person that you see yourself to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's effectively be the change you want to see. And that's exactly right. Because once you start envisioning it and you start seeing it in front of you, you your actions start to change so that everything starts to push you forward. And yes, it, you know, and it means taking ownership of what you say and what you do, because it's the two things that you have any control over at all what you say, what you do. And if you say and do the things that will push you towards that goal, you have a better chance of getting there than if you don't. Exactly. And, you know, assessing what sabotages you along the way is key to that too. Alex, you wanted to say something. Yeah, because I'm going to take it one step further in just over the last year, uh, been reading a lot, listening to a lot, trying to do a lot of self-evolving. Um, <laughs> it's not just saying and doing, but thinking. 
thinking because you can say and do, but if it doesn't start, it, you know, I've, and I still catch myself in this loop about, especially where, you know, finances are concerned. I, I see, I, I, this thoughts coming in, I don't have, and then I have to consciously stop, take a deep breath and reverse what it is that I'm thinking and mm -hmm. find a way to reframe it. So it's positive. I do have, I do have, I am abundant, all of these things. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's flipping the script. It's rewriting the narrative mm -hmm. because once you start to, and it, sometimes in the beginning, it feels so fake. It's like fake until you make it. It does. Sometimes right, right. It's so inauthentic to say, I've got a ton of money and I'm so abundant. And you're just, you know, like I $600 apartment and you literally are eating like the cheapest meat possible. Ramen. <laughs> yeah. Ramen. Yeah. You know, it, it, sometimes it does feel that fake it till you make it. But then, then once you start imagining, okay, well, I can do better and I have the resources and start correcting that narrative inside of you, then the narrative between your dialogue with people, which is merely, you know, all the life's the stage, you know, men and women are merely players. You, then you're starting to change the script and not buying into the other stories that other people are telling you. And then you start to begin to make that shift. Like Anthony said, your actions begin to start to reflect your words and your thoughts. Right. And that's when you start to have a bit of persuasion and people start to listen and want to spend more time with you and around you. And that just snowballs and it, it helps to create a better life because you're being very, very authentic and real, but you're also, you're thinking positively, you know, listen, and it never, ever, ever ends, right? No. I mean, as you're talking, <laughs> Alex, I'm sitting here thinking I'm doing the same thing now myself, you know, I'm trying not to worry about finances. I'm trying to think big picture and abundance and the fact that the world has taken care of me for these 50 years and, uh, you know, that I've managed to do it. So, you know, you, it's, it's constant work. It's not, it's not a panacea. Do it once. It's going to be great. It's constant work. Right. But look at even sort of where we are, you know, we, we're still pushing forward, never backward, always forward. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, even for me, I've posted my blog, you know, on my website, I always talk about my errors in thinking, my errors in judgment, because just one little thing, and can change everything, but you have to be willing to look at where all your areas of thinking are. And a lot of people have a lot of ego and they go, everything I do is great. My whole life's a TED talk. It's your fault. <laughs> it's everybody else's problem. And for me, it's always going back and going, okay, well, why, why is this not moving forward? Try to think outside of the box. What it is you did that catalyzed the moment, what it is you contributed, right? And you think back to the thought and what action you may have taken that sort of set the path awry. Yeah. Right. And you take responsibility for that. Right. That's key. Do you yeah. think it in your estimation, Leslie, that that's something most people don't do naturally? I think a lot of times there's this episode of valuable insight that's about to come out that Daniel Beavers and I did. And we were talking about speaking to the universe. And I said to him, you know, signs for see they don't follow the sign that you think you're seeing out in life is actually just validation of your internal thoughts it's life's a mirror 
Okay. And I, and I said, do you think about your thoughts? And he just was so flabbergasted in the episode because we were filming live. And he goes, God, I don't even take account of the things I think. I don't even remember. All I'm doing is just hearing words come out of my mouth and I'm not taking accountability for what I'm saying and what I'm thinking. And, and I always tell my kids, you don't get what you want. You get what you expect. And we don't really know what we expect from life, but we have these feelings of what we expect. Oh, so-and-so is going to be this and so-and-so is going to be that. Things aren't going to work out. This is, you know, and we expect it, but we don't say it, but we act like it. You see what I mean? Yes. So that's, that's really where I always go in that regard is you always get what you expect, not what you want. And a lot of times we don't know what we expect. <laughs> Anthony's like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I had a cough and I didn't want to. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, yes, you're right. And what happens is we catalyze what it is we expect. Right. That's what happens because it comes through. Right. It's like uh, it's it's very it's that was a lesson that was hard for me to learn because I'm one of those people whose mood sort of. Uh, precedes him when he walks into a room. I think people feel it, right? When I oh, walk wait, in. Having worked for you, I can say that's true. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I have to be very, very like aware that that's something that I portray. And even when my mood isn't that, but I maybe have a face because I'm thinking about something or I'm maybe distracted, but it still looks like that, people are going to think that's what I am, right? So I have to be conscious of that, right? And I have to think, oh, I really catalyze that. It's not something I intend. It's yeah. not, but I had to become aware of it so that I could manage it a bit more, right? Because, yeah. the, because the what happens is I'm not feeling particularly moody, but the response or the the person coming back at me will feel the moodiness and will then respond with something that's you know appropriate and then i'll feel like what's going on here and that's where this miscommunication starts and where you don't really you're not really guiding your destiny because you're losing control because you're not being clear because you don't have a clear understanding of the energy that you too portray. That's such a big piece of this. Can yeah. Speak on that a little bit. Well, it's interesting. There was this one thing that I read. It was a Muslim, um, a Muslim thing, an Islam thing from a Muslim cleric of Muhammad. And he said that you, the life's greatest fear, your greatest, life's greatest enemy is your fear. And we carry around these subconscious fears. Sometimes we have like real fears, like driving on the five, right? <laughs> but, but like subconscious fears, and we don't even know what our fears are. And so we're projecting and anticipating this fear to happen, whether it's the fear of being alone or the fear of rejection, the fear of disillusionment. There's so many fears. Uh, and so we're starting to act in anticipation of that fear manifesting, which most of the time it won't. But because we anticipate it, then we become that which we fear. We're becoming the agitator. We're becoming the one who's driving erratically. And then we, we then we go, why did this happen? You know, so it is that the greatest enemy is our fear. And so it's not other people, it's what we expect to happen. And unfortunately, 
because we're trying to survive, all we can think about is how to mitigate loss and how to avoid fear rather than thinking, which for me was one of my most recent learning lessons was, and what's the next best thing that could happen? We don't go there. Hmm. That's a very good question to ask yourself, isn't it? What's the next best thing that could happen? What about some other things and other tools that people people might use in changing the dialogue that they have with themselves. Anything in particular come to mind? I mean, I'm gonna shamelessly plug a plug product now, now that you mention it, but <laughs> I created these little um, subconscious instruction cards on my website and, and they're basically like sayings that I've heard and I've modified from like Dr. Joseph Murphy and other great thinkers and I'll read one. Um, sometimes, sometimes we don't know what's going to happen in life, so we want to take control of the narrative, the inside, the inner dialogue, you know, what we're saying to ourselves. Um, let's think about one. Let's see. Okay, so here's one. Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty, and we got a lot of problems. Everyone's got problems. I don't care who you are, where you are, everybody's got problems. So this one was one that I created. My subconscious mind knows the solution and I fully accept the answer and believe implicitly the solution will come clearly into my conscious mind and activate the response. So if you're thinking about something and you don't know the answer and you're going, gosh, you know, ruminating, ruminating, ruminating on the problem, saying this over and over again helps you to go, okay, somewhere inside of me, there is an answer. All I'm asking for is the awareness to become conscious of the solution. And that's the solutions oriented thinking rather than looking for the problems and the limitations. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So these things have worked. I've got testimonials from people that I put on my website and there's just, just a teeny little thing. It's like a little lever that will move your world if, if so to speak. <laughs> but those are the levers that we need. I think those teeny <laughs> levers, you know, because otherwise we forget. And when we're in, heated moments or uncomfortable moments. Those are the moments when we need those levers most. And if they're not completely accessible to us and they're only made accessible by having them near and easy to see and, you know, yes. replicated, then, you know, they're useless. So the tinier, the better, the, the great, great product. We will send people to your site before we leave this program. So let's make sure that we have you do that because, we need these constant reminders. We do. We need these constant reminders. What about the need to evolve, both from a branding point of view, since we've sort of uh, brought both of our topics together? It's it's hard not to do that with you because you're so well-rounded, <laughs> so, right? So yeah. what, what about the need to evolve both from a, a self-care point of view and from a business point of view? I think that's interesting because that has recently happened to me. So for a very long time, I was a career and executive coach. Okay, so a very long time. And then there was a couple of years where I just wasn't having fun with it anymore. It was, it was a, a lot of work, had hundreds of clients, you know, 
from every kind of problem you can imagine, lawyers with mistresses and all these things to, you know, you got a presentation with Goldman Sachs. It was just a lot of high pressure, a lot of problems and it's bombarding me and I was over it. But, you know, you make your bread and butter that way. It's easy money, you know, the, the word of mouth just flows. And then you have to eventually be real and go, I can't do this anymore for the sake of my sanity, for my health, my well-being. I can no longer compromise my integrity for money or attention or whatever crumbs we think we're getting from the illusions that we we hope to strike golden. And so I had to come to terms with, okay, that part of my life is over. And so it was like, well, what are you going to do? So you're mulling around about it. And again, it goes back to the narrative. What's the story now? The story is not over. It's writing a new chapter. So for me, it was going, okay, well, what, what are the transferable things that I can take? career coaching experience, executive, business, marketing, branding, storytelling, all of that. And now I'm studying law, which is what I really wanted to do. And so I was thinking about it and thinking about it. I got a mentor and, and he's a former Supreme Court justice. And he was like, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was just like that. Oh my God, I could do whatever I want to do. But it's like, whatever I want to do, I don't know if that means it's going to make money or not. Right. So for me, once I got to this, I accept now that that's over and I had to start saying no, then started to build this new narrative. And that means I had to come out to clients and say, sorry, I put it on my blog. I'm no longer accepting coaching clients. And but I'm moving forward in this direction. I actually started getting business and business consulting, which was even more expansive, less stress. And then I get equity in the company. So it is ended up making me more money, less work. I get to do the things with the law and stuff. I mean, I can't be a lawyer, but I can start using my legal knowledge. Right. And then it began from the small thing and it started to expand. So I always encourage people, if you want to change your career, your, your position, your brand, imagine, imagine that it actually can get bigger, but we're so stuck in the small and we think, oh my gosh, like a butterfly, we're breaking free and starting to stretch our wings. You have to have faith in that process that you're actually getting bigger, that this is not a bad thing that's happening. You're growing and you've outgrown something that no longer serves you. You know, uh, <laughs> Alex is like, yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to get a little boo-boo here for a second. And the reason I say this is this morning as I was, you know, getting ready, this thought kept coming in my head and I swear on everything that I am, that the sentence hit me today, Leslie is going to say to me, your story isn't over. Those words (laughs) into my head, those exact words, she's going to tell you, shut up, your story isn't over. (laughs) See, signs proceed, they don't follow. And uh, I, I think to that point, especially in the world of events, there are new opportunities that have grown out of the despair that we have suffered this last year in the cancellations that we have experienced. There are new opportunities, new roads, new new vantage points. There's, there's a whole new world out there. So sometimes it means letting go of what, you think you have for something better. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us are stuck in that place now because it's been almost a year and uh, I'm sure there are plenty of us that are holding on to furloughed positions thinking I'm going to be called back and you know it's going to be better next month or in six months. 
uh, maybe putting aside something, you know, a dream or, or to Leslie's point, uh, you know, something, some other kind of aspiration. So how do you sort of, what do you have to say to those people who clearly need to take the next step? Well, first and foremost, I can say somebody who was really grown up in the working poor. I mean, I know what it's like to struggle and to live in a trailer park and don't know where your ends, you know, are going to meet. And I get it. And I think you never forget that. I think you never, ever forget that no matter how rich you get. I just I just don't think you do. And with that being said, there the one thing I can remember when I was like so broke. I can't even like 67 cents in my bank account broke. Um, it was just kind of like, keep your eyes on the prize. What is it that your heart truly desires? Not what you a think you need to get B like what you're afraid you're going to lose. Like, what does your heart really desire? And you have to ask yourself, are you willing to a change and B, are you willing to accept the change that comes with the change and all those things? So that has been during this time for me and for so many people that I've just talked to it has, we all want change. Some don't know what that change is. You just know you want it, but everybody wants change, especially right now. We want change. We want things to get better. But that also means we have to accept the things that happen during that process of change. And that might be having to face down your finances and look at your spending behaviors or be stand up for yourself and ask for money, uh, organize and vote, <laughs> get some rights. These are many things. This is an engaging process in your life and start looking at what can I start making better decisions on or say no to or advocate to myself and start um, engaging in your life in a way that you're actually making every single decision oriented towards that heart's desire, your dream, your vision, and don't for one minute, let anyone talk you out of it. Don't, because there's a lot of indicators out there in the world that says, oh, there's no jobs. Oh, you know, there's civil war, you know, income insecurity and this. Don't, don't buy into that narrative. I know it's hard and that there, there are people who are being paid to work on it, you know, right. <laughs> Make you feel you like focus on your dream and don't buy into anybody's narrative. Honestly, even people that you love will try to talk you out of your dreams. Absolutely. So go for them. Even if you have 67 cents on your bank account, maybe there's a nice person that will give you a job <laughs> like Anthony who gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> well, <it wouldn't. laughs> I think can that's... I ask you a question? Do you uh, feel that a, 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 I don't want to say safe isn't the right word, but a, a, a good course of action is if you know that you can easily be influenced by outside sources or even by energy, uh, other people's energy, both negative and positive. Is it good to keep some things to yourself and just until you have that true conviction? I absolutely believe you should. I absolutely believe you should because you have to keep some things private because some people will poo-poo it. They'll naysay. They'll try to steal your idea, <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that to be like, you know, paranoid, but I just think that the stronger you concentrate on and your heart's truest desire. And also eventually when you remain true to your heart's truest desire. It's like Anthony said earlier, your actions will start to show it that you're going to choose yourself. You're not going to go and, you know, engage with people who are just going to fill your head or 
discourage you or whatever. So it, yeah, keep it, keep it a secret, start working on it, journal it. And if you are going to talk to somebody, talk to those people who actually can give you more resources, more advice, more guidance, Mm -hmm. you know, more tips, more perspective, and, and start to build that entourage of people who actually want to push you forward. And normally those people are going to be the people who are going to slap sense into you and guide you (laughs) and help you to be the very best version of yourself, which is a reassuring thing. (laughs) But it also takes a certain amount of chutzpah uh, to ask people who uh, can be your mentors to be your mentors. It takes a lot of initiative and courage to walk up to somebody, to a Supreme Court judge I know. Ask, hey, will you be my mentor? I know. I saw. Mentor. 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 I'm not sure. I I saw him on a documentary, and I was like, I feel so connected to him. And I started just messaging him on Instagram, and we just became friends. And now I just ask him for tips. I don't bug him all the time, but we joke and talk. And but you have to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. So we've had on this podcast, you're now at least the third person to uh, to reiterate that same message. We had Nicole Matthews, who has the big ask, and that's all about making the big asks, right? Asking for what you really want. Jacqueline Bernstein uh, was an example of that a couple of weeks ago and how she did some pretty big asking herself and was uh, was. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She, boy, did she get some real gifts back. I mean, everybody said yes, plus some. And you're saying the same thing. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Yeah, exactly. And also to ask yourself, what do I want? Because I can tell you this, after hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people that I've worked with, a lot of times they don't even know what they want. They don't consciously know what they want. They're just doing stuff. It could be like going to doing crazy things, like self-harming things. They don't even know why they're doing it, but they're trying to fulfill some need. So it's important to always go, what is it that I need right now? And it might not be what you think it is. Right, right. So how do you look past that? So how do you how do you look past that? Well, the number one thing to do is start saying to yourself, become more aware of how you feel because your body 99% of the time will tell you what you need. I mean, we feel pain, aches, pains, headaches, all sorts of things. That's your that's your subconscious mind trying to get your attention. And so a lot, there's a that's a lot of energy therapy, energy psychology, but your body is starting to talk to you. You might need rest. You might need affection. Sometimes you just need hugs, kisses. Sometimes you just need uh, time alone, quiet, reflection. These are things that you can give yourself that are free. And so with that being said, on a more practical level is be quiet and start to feel, touch your, touch your own body, put your hand on your heart or where it hurts and say, well, what do you need right now? You say, Anthony, what do you need right now? And feel into yourself and be quiet. And normally you'll start to hear it. You need you need to be in a restful state or you need to talk to so-and-so or you need, you need a hug. You need to go to the doctor. You, you have the information within you. There's no one outside of you who knows you better than you. Just get to know yourself better, right? And listen to yourself and take some time to be self-reflective and uh, aware, right? Well, yeah, we try to work through all that. 
We try to like avoid it, distract it, watch reality TV, have conversations, go out, whatever. And boy, oh boy, is there any time in humanity that we got to be quiet and listen to ourselves for once. (laughs) It's also a good time to listen to others. It's always a good time to listen to others. Uh, And I think it's becoming a lost art, the art of listening, right? And uh, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes is never a bad thing to do as well. Having some compassion, some empathy, and really thinking through an experience or their experience before passing judgment, uh, before um, deciding that they don't belong or shouldn't be here or whatever you've got going on before any of that. Yeah, whatever story we're telling ourselves about other people, because that's what we identity politics and all of that. That's just stories, the narratives. It sure is. It sure is. My friends, uh, my longtime high school friends believe one of them believe that we are being brainwashed every day by media and that we just don't know it because it's happening every day. And, uh, uh, you know, I just I have a hard time with these conspiracy theories, you know. (laughs) I know, right? Oh, God. Oh God. I think I think everybody right now, everyone, I was at the hairdresser today and she was like, I have friends and family who believe in all these conspiracy families. I'm like, stories. I'm like, honey, everybody in every family has somebody who believes yep. it right now. I, it's wild. But these that's what it goes into the brand, the narratives. And it's not just our own brand and narratives. Look at uh, politics, corporations. Um, there's so many n- narratives that we're hearing out there. And that's yes. why going back to that, when it comes to writing your own story, sometimes you have to disregard those narratives out there if you're going to write the story that's most meaningful to you. And this is a good time to start writing your story, event planners and meeting planners. It's a very good time uh, yeah. to start figuring out the narrative because things are perpetually changing and evolving. And uh, in a few years, this will be a blip in our memory and things will be, there will be a new normal. Maybe they won't return to exactly the way they were. There'll be something new, but there'll be business and there will be meetings and there will be events. There have been so since uh, for, for centuries, uh, so they're not, they're not going anywhere, but this is a good time to evaluate where the world is going and what your part in it can be. Right. Absolutely. I think you said that so perfectly because <laughs> tying the subject of today, it's like, you know, on a spiritual level, yeah, we all have our stories, right? We all have our things that we're, we're creating, but when it comes to a practical you know, common knowledge kind of things about making money and building a business and building relationship and brands, it goes to, okay, the market is pivoting. There's a shift in this market. Am I going to rise above or am I going to sink and, and fall? And right. I, I mean, 2008, I think that was 2007, eight, nine, yeah, around 2008, that time. Nine. Mm-hmm. I was working for you then. Do you remember? That was when- how- 2008, uh, nine. I do. I remember. Do you remember that? Do you remember how hard it was for all of us? Mm-hmm. And did you think, no, you, you did so much. You did so many things, things that I remember you were taking on projects that you were just, okay, I'm going to learn how to do it. And you were doing it. And I'm sitting there just watching all of this happen. Um, and I learned so much from you during that time. And that was not an easy time either. That was not, no. and you did very well then. So I have zero doubt that you're going to go, hmm, what's the story that we're telling now? And you're going to rewrite it and you're going to make it great. 
Well, thank you. I think that's what we've been trying to do since I would say maybe May of last year. I, I will say that when it first hit, we were a little blindsided and left like, okay, the world shut down, nothing really to do right now. But after about three or four weeks of that, it became pretty clear that we had to do something, right? Because yeah. we weren't about to sink. There is no way, hope God, God willing, that we can, you know, stay afloat and manage this through. And it's all about figuring it out, figuring out. I mean, first of all, we're blessed that there are tools for us to do this today. And I keep saying that it's a repeated theme for me in this industry that we're in, that without these online tools that we have, forget it. <laughs> I <So> know. <laughs> at least some of us have the ability to continue to meet and, uh, you know, broadcast and do production work. So it's, it's, it could be so, so much worse, but we felt like we had to do what we could do. And you know what? I have a great team. Yeah. I have people who are dedicated and people who care and people who are as, um, as dedicated to the, having the best, giving the best service, uh, only offering the best talent, you know, that all helps because, uh, I can't do it all, number one. And, you know, the team is so important and everybody has a perspective and an idea. And it's important to have all of that at the table. So we've done it as a team and we're still not out of the woods, but you know what? We have product and I'm proud of that, that we are pushing out product. And that's another point yeah. about branding. Mm. You know, I know that we're not going to get instant business out of what we're sending, but we have gotten some business out of what we sent, which is totally excited me because the other side of this is there is less coming through from a business perspective to people's emails. There's less coming through. People have more time to read what you send and people are looking for new things now because they're looking for ways to either make things work on the meeting side or figure a way into this new event world. So having a presence is more important now than at any time. Yes. Right? And building that identity, right? Because once it comes back, then you're right there, yeah. ready to accept the business. Well, you have that identity of being the very best in the industry. Now, I'm not saying that to, you know, hi, Anthony, but no, for real, like you do have the, the, the identity of being the very best, the very knowledgeable, smooth operations. I mean, so good. And it's so good that you're actually using the emails because if you remember a million years ago, I used to make your emails for you yep. <laughs> before. And then I, I, I got, my, I got I myself think... out of a job because I was like, you know, you don't have to pay me to do this anymore. You could do this with MailChimp. <laughs> I know, I know you did. You were the first one to do them. <laughs> yeah, did. I was. You, you can do this with MailChimp. And, and then I think we did, but it, it was always... It's always been something that's been a struggle because unless you have some somebody and it's a struggle for anybody with a business who doesn't who isn't marketing minded themselves. Yes, yes, you know, yes, it's, yes. It's important to have somebody who's always got their mind on the target. So we did hire somebody recently. We hired Joelle with Moxie Designs, and she is incredible because fabulous. And one of the reasons why we did it was first of all, she's a love to work with and mm -hmm. she's so creative. But we needed to give our brand and we still need to tweak our brand a bit. Uh, uh, we needed to bring it into this new, this new decade. 
and uh, we needed to give it a new look and a new feel, and it needed to reflect the fact that it's more virtual today and have a bit of a, a more contemporary vibe. And I think she's giving that to us in our newsletter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen the newsletters. I get them. They're, they're, <laughs> thank you. They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> You're going to start really getting them now. We, we have a system going now. Baby, oh, yeah, I yeah, love baby. them. It's about time, right? Yeah, I know it is. But for everybody, it's about time. <laughs> I also think I just want to add in something that I think one of the reasons why the newsletter is successful while, while it's giving us a little, you know, or getting us some attention in return, it's because of the relationships that we built. Yes. That, you know, we work very hard to maintain and build solid relationships with our clients, not just in an effort to sell or to make money, but yes. to foster interpersonal communication and relationship. And I think that that comes back to you. And I think it's coming back to us now. Yeah. Thank you. And, and that's really to just sort of fuse these two ideas. That's the idea of guiding your own narrative, because, you know, again, there are times when we can say that's not our fault or that was their fault or whatever the narrative might be, but we always choose to take the high road and that's the road that's going to appeal most to the client and to the artist if they're not part of the issue. Yeah. If they're part of the issue, then we want them to stand with us and take responsibility. And that's our narrative. And that's why, that's how we push it forward. It's not always easy. It no. sometimes means, okay, I got to eat this because I want my narrative to be this moving forward. I want exactly people, right. Yes. It's it's, that's the time when people have an opportunity to not only do the right thing, but prove to themselves that they don't have to take the low road to win. Oh, yes. I mean, I've seen having been your employees, the, the challenges, whether it's yeah. with a client, whether it's with um, past employees or people that you've worked with. And I remember being there, I guess I was 23. So wow. that was, and I remember sitting and watching you come in and your big energy and um, yeah. devil wears Prada type energy. <laughs> you come in, big Take presence. <laughs> Here's my back. <laughs> and there were some times I saw you having to deal with very difficult, whether it was people, attitudes, problems, challenges. And I watched and took notes. I mean, I always tell Frank, and I've said this to you when we were at parties together, whatever. Uh, but it was like, I always watch Anthony, not just in the good times when things are, you know, high pressure and it's just performance time, but when it's time to take a step back and deal with a problem. You know, I've always watched how Anthony deals with the problem. And I think when you're hiring somebody as high caliber as you, and even for me, because people for me to deal with problems, real serious personal problems or business problems or whatever. And I think like for you to have that ability to turn a problem into a learning opportunity or an opportunity to improve upon your character or to set a boundary. And like you said, to do the next best thing. Mm -hmm. That doesn't leave people. That sticks with them forever because it, I, I, it was crazy because one day I was thinking, 
um, I was driving along and I was thinking of you and D'Angelo and the whole crew of Bellata. And I was like, well, you know, Anthony makes you believe that there is a God and that the world is good and kind and that there is no problem too big. That right there, Anthony, that's a brand. Mm -hmm. That's the brand. And so with that being said, no matter what you do, no matter what services or packages you're offering, it's, it's that feeling that you evoke. It's the Coca-Cola. It's the Ford. You know what I mean? It's that. And uh, I don't think that you could put a money on that. There's no color scheme or logo you can slap onto a feeling that way. And, and for me, having seen it firsthand, it just goes to show that those micro moments are, like I said, it's like those levers that change everything. And that's, I think that's the reason why I've been such a like, you know, admirer of yours and a student, if you will, at a distance in so many ways is because that's, that's what, what people get from you. And that makes people feel safe. It makes people feel like anything is possible. And that's what you do. You make dreams come true. You are so kind. Well, I will have to admit that D'Angelo gets to see the sometimes other side of that. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not there. (laughs) Um, and I try not to exhibit the other side of that anymore at work, but there are times when I, I'm really still very, well, let's get this done. Push, pushy, pushy boss mode, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, must I think say. we all get that way at one point or another, but you know, you're it's, it's, that's okay. That's just assault. You know what I mean? But then at the end of the day, a little bit of salt doesn't make the cake right. look bad. You know that's what I mean? true. <laughs> I have to say, I've been telling people, I've been listening to Dr. Laura a bit on, on satellite and, Uh you know, she can be a little acerbic, but she's also very right on, you know? And so she says, you know, if, if you're not being salty, you're being boring. If you're not, you know, if you're not, if you don't, if you don't speak your truth and your, and your truth, because it's, it's not nice, it's not pleasant. That's boring. Like speak your truth. And so it's maybe you can do it gently. That's what I would say. Please try to do that gently, but speak it, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's taking somebody to another point. You know, it's, it's, I remember I had one client once who was telling me the sob story and I don't even know what it was, but I remember just looking at her and going, and how's that story working out for you? Mm. Oh, her face. I never forgot the face. I didn't hear a word she said, but I never forgot that face. But it's one of those slaps in the face that makes you go, gosh, you know, I'm telling myself a really sad story and I want everybody else to buy into it. Right. <laughs> and right. I was like, I'm not buying right. your story, you did sister. not buy it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you heard from her again? No. <laughs> no. But, but she hasn't thing forgotten. Is, no, no, but I know her. I know her, her daughter. And uh, her daughter's, you know, I mean, the woman's dealing with some real serious substance issues and whatever. Uh, and so people justify substance abuse. So it's whatever story. And and uh, obviously it's a medical issue and whatnot. But there are still some stories we tell ourselves. So that way we, it justifies a behavior um, and harmful behaviors. And so that's the reason why it's like you said before, take accountability for your own behaviors. So that way you don't, at least you don't make the problem worse. Right. Um, so, you know, you can't fix everybody, but you got to be yourself. So a lot of that, let's be, let's, let's give people a a break and say a lot of that stems from anxiety and stress and being uncomfortable in a moment and making decisions that are snap, uh, in a, in an, uh, attempt to protect. 
Yes. So let's assume that, you know, so what can we do to take a moment, breathe, relax, sort of diffuse those moments so we don't go there? Is there any exercise <clears throat> that you can share with us? Okay, so let's just go back to that one person with the substance abuse issue. I've worked with a lot of people with that, but substance abuse or any kind of um, self-soothing behavior, whether it's some kind of tick or obsession, checking your phone, turning on the TV because you don't wanna hear your thoughts. I mean, everybody has coping behaviors. There's a moment, one moment before you go to do the coping behavior. Um, and that moment is where you start to see an image or feel an emotion or or think a thought that is harmful. And the coping behavior is the medicine to that. It's the, oh, I don't feel good, here's my medicine. Okay, whatever that might be. So when you start to notice that moment right before you snap or you have the coping mechanism, whatever that might be, because everyone has their own different kind, take a moment to breathe. Okay, so I'm gonna teach you one thing here. I call it, for some reason, I just call it the butterfly breath. So imagine on your back, you have a pair of huge butterfly wings. And I want you to breathe in. And as you breathe in, I want you to open up your butterfly wings. And then breathe out and close your butterfly wings. Slowly breathe in and open your butterfly wing. And breathe out and close your butterfly wings. And that right there gives you a moment to reset and take control of the situation, which is your breath. Because a lot of the times when we're thinking or, or seeing something scary or feeling something scary, we hold our breath and then we reach for whatever it is that our medicine is or yell or scream or hide or get the phone or take Our go-to, our yes. go-to, yeah. So start to breathe. The second thing is, is you have to say to yourself, this isn't real. It's just a thought, it's just a feeling. It's not gonna happen. I'm just having an active imagination. And as I have an active imagination, that means I can choose what I create in my imagination. So for me, if I get scared, this is my own personal medicine. In those moments, if I get scared, I start to take like a box cutter. I start to scratch up the image that I'm seeing. And then I'll put it into what I call the cosmic dumpster. <laughs> and I'll just, shred it and send it away from me and start and really keep doing it shredding it shredding it shredding it and start changing the image in your mind because what happens is when we get afraid or stressed worried or anxious we're seeing the worst case scenario the worst case scenario and so you have to take control of the images that you see and that's when you start to take control of the narrative the story the imagery uh, the feelings and start to change them. Take a deep breath, focus on your breath, and then start to take control of what you're seeing on that screen of space. It's beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. words of advice. Uh, I don't mean to lay the levity on you, but as you were um, <laughs> striking the air with your um, Panamine knife. I was thinking what Frank must have thought the first time he was behind you, seeing you do that in the air. Well, <laughs> normally, normally you do it in your, your mind, but okay. I'm very animated. <laughs> I better run. <laughs> He's used to me by now. No, 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 no. Of course. Of course. Uh, those were really prophetic words. Thank you so much for sharing them and good advice. Uh, yeah. Breathe. Think about your thoughts, think about your real intentions and what you want, 
and take control of your narrative and you have that ability in the moment before you go to your go-to mm-hmm. when your mind so become aware of that moment that's the first step become aware of that moment so before we go we thought it would be fun to play a little game with you okay yes, let's do it <laughs> So we, we changed it up. This is the first week we're going to play a little word association game. All right. You know how that works, right? We give you a word. You tell us what comes to mind. We record it and it's it stays in posterity forever. We'll have it at our use whenever we need it. When you become a big time business person and you don't hire us for a job, we'll just say, okay, here, we'll just play this. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. All right. Word association. First word. Leadership. Fun, fun, I think it's fun. Engagement. Engagement. Tool. Pivot. Perspective. Marriage. Love. Death. New beginning. Family. Joy. Branding. <laughs> You're gonna laugh, but I thought sex. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you might have something there. Uh, Nothing wrong branding. with that. Okay. Quarantine. Uh, again, fun projects. Fun projects. Oh, I thought you said gun at first. I was like, don't go there. <laughs> fun projects. Fun. Okay. A- Children. Joy. I just, everything's a joy to me. <laughs> yeah, everything is a joy. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Opportunity. Great. You know, as uh, that was the last one, uh, those were some interesting responses. Mm-hmm. I know. The sex one? Whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> A lot of joy. joy. The joy of sex, maybe? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> you should write a book. Oh, wait. Done. Been there. Uh, which one last thing I wanted to mention to you, and goodness, I didn't think about it, was that I am watching this new series about death. And uh, it made me think of today's uh, episode and your work as a medium because um, the perspective is from people so far who have had near-death experiences. Yeah. Uh, and these are the two that were most prominent in this first episode were both uh, physicians. Who oh, yeah. Too. Did too. Yeah, right. I did. Bizarre. But, you know, you know yeah. so fascinating and also so enlightening. Yeah, cool, you huh? Know? Yeah, really cool. Uh, so before we let you go, any, any words as a medium, anything that you'd like to share? Anything? Oh, you're going to let me do this. I am. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> so funny. I love that you love that. <laughs> you know what? The thing is, is that I usually like, I just get so worried that people won't let me do it. And then, cause then I start, cause for me before, when a spirit comes, it feels like a panic attack usually. And so it's, I could feel it. And then I want to like blurt it out, but I have to be use discretion because people get freaked out. But um, okay, let's see, let's see some words of wisdom. Let's see, we're going to start with Alex first. <sighs> 
Amethyst. So I'm just going to pick up your energy. I'm not going to pick any people up because it takes time to read people, uh, bring spirits over. But I'm just going to see some energies for you. Uh, so I'm still looking for you. When I look at you, I see a lot of musical instruments. So I, I feel like uh, music is definitely on your horizon because I don't feel music from the past. I feel music from the future. So I feel like music is going on. Honestly, I want to say like I, I see some uh, writing music lyrics. So I don't know if you have like an album in the works or if you're contributing to an album. I feel like there's something energetically there for you. Um, I want to say if I, I hear you on multiple records, so I definitely hear and like I see multiples. Um, I do see opportunities up in LA. I don't know. Have you been um, talking to people for voice work, like singing and contributing to like albums? And I, I see yeah, more voice work. Well, then you're going to have to start making those connections now. I just feel like because I feel like there's some questions about your appearance, like I don't look young enough or I can't do this or, you know, because of my appearance. But what I look at is, is where, where you're going. I, I feel like you don't necessarily have to worry about that because I feel like people love the sound of you. you it's almost like you have to say to yourself, I love the sound of me. You see what I mean? It's not, not the look of me. I love the sound of me. You know, that sounds good. I like the sound of that. You have to say, I love the sound of me because your voice, your energy, because that's what matters the most. It's not what you look like. So I see more opportunities for that for you. That's what I'm I'm seeing. It's almost like it's not the end all be all in everything you do. It's almost like you're so multifaceted and you can offer a lot. I would say look at that as an opportunity because you do have a voice. You can contribute to projects. There's so much more opportunity there. I love that. Thank you're welcome. You. All right, let's go to Anthony here. I like the sound of you too, Alex. I like the sound. I like the sound of you. I like the sound of you. I like that. I'm going to actually yeah, write that. And definitely. Put it up uh, yeah. all over. Okay. So, Anthony. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Actually, what I'm looking at more is not so much business in this present moment. What I'm looking for, what I see is actually a lot of the children energy around you. So, I still see a lot of your. Um, your karmic energy around children. I feel like your volunteer efforts, because you know we've done Home Start together in the past and you still do it. I do still see a lot more opportunity there even for your business to do things with Home Start. So it, either, I don't feel like it's necessarily events. I feel like more like engaging, cross-marketing, cross-branding. So I see that as a potential for you. Not now, not right now. It's not in the physical form. I do see maybe some talks about doing some events, maybe some things, maybe bringing work opportunities for women who are there. I do see some opportunities in the future for you just to even have employment opportunities, engagement. There's something there with the employment and Balada. I can't put it all together right now, but I feel like Balada, women, fresh start, moving forward, career, that kind of thing. So I see that involved. Um, with the business component, this is what I'm feeling for you. I don't, I honestly don't see you shrinking. I see bigger. I see foreign. It's almost like you can go to places who have already had COVID under control. I would say almost look at different markets. Look at different markets where you can actually go over there and work. Um, I know that there's the travel restrictions, but I still see you collaborating, whether it's cross collaborating with different agencies, but it's almost like, have you thought about going global? 
You know what I mean? Getting bigger. Right. right. No. That's, I mean, we've done global events, but I've not thought about a global brand. Well, no, I just see that you have opportunities, not necessarily like you having an office somewhere, but maybe even franchising, maybe, you know, just having some partnership networks for some odd reason, because I see growth. I don't see retraction. I see more people in other places doing other things. I, I don't see any going back. I, I honestly see expansion for you. I just don't see downsizing and minimizing. I see bigger, bigger, Anthony, bigger. This is the opportunity to be greedy. It's almost like bigger, dream bigger, more, 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 more. You can handle more. That's what you have to say. I can handle more. Do you want to handle more? Yeah, that's just it, right? <laughs> I can handle more. You got right to the tip of it, didn't you? <laughs> I, I mean, that's the word. Can you handle more? You got to say, I can. I, I can. can. Of course I can handle more. Of course I can. Yeah, of course I can handle more. You can. So it's just like you said, I can handle more. It doesn't necessarily mean more of the what right. more of yesterday's stuff, but more of the new more of the good, more of the challenges and not soul sucking challenges. I just see it. It's like, I can't say it. I can handle more. I can handle more. I imagine, handle more. I want you to imagine that your hands are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the world's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And you got it all, baby. Just my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, it's your imagination. <laughs> you, know, you, you said branding and she said sex. So there's a theme here. Uh Oh, <laughs> there's a theme. I am going to, I'm going to uh, definitely focus on that thought of my hands being bigger and my, the world being in my grasp. I'm definitely going to focus on that. I can see, uh, I can see uh, having less, uh, less writing to do and less of that to do and more yeah. just sort of directing. Yes. Because I get caught up and all of the detail and the mire and the changes and the specificity and the need to be perfect and all of that stuff that just is exhausting, right? But if yeah. you come in and you're just sort of directing it all, yeah, make somebody else responsible for it. Well, it's kind of like this big thing. It's like, you know, you go to Bergdorf Goodman. There's there's products in there that are subpar or not good enough or you could get somewhere else for cheaper or, you know, whatever. Right. But the, the name Bergdorf Goodman is like, everything's good in there. And it's right. like the Balada name. Everything's good in there. Even if there's like a mistake or an error, or not that great or whatever, it's still good. You know what I mean? So it's like, it goes back to your brand. And I have to say, Anthony, it's almost like when I feel your energy, sometimes you're so humble that you kind of keep yourself like over here and everybody else gets to shine because that's how you are. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like make the stage bigger. There's room for you and everyone on your stage. It's an ensemble. You know what I mean? It's a musical theater. It's an ensemble. Make the stage bigger because I honestly think because of this technology shift, your stage, Anthony, is getting bigger. Think about that. Meditate I, on that. Okay, I will for sure. I do think that people just have to sort of learn to embrace it all now. And, you know, there's a lot of trepidation. So people are waiting, you know, and wondering what to do next. So maybe I'll continue to focus on these things. And let me interrupt you there. But let me add one more thought to that. You just said everybody's waiting 
for what to do next. Have you ever thought for just one second that they're waiting for you to tell them what is next? Well, that's what I'm, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. There you so go. That, yeah, <laughs> this is what's next. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's what I'm trying to do. Right. <laughs> so, the world's your stage, baby. This just is, do this it is already. Right. <laughs> no pressure. Just waiting oh for waiting God. to be bellotified. Right. Exactly. That's right. What is Bellotta going to do now? What is what does Anthony think about this? How, what is Anthony making of this? I mean, it's true. Some people go. Some people have said to me, like, "What do you think is going forward in this stuff?" I remember before Corona hit and all these civil unrest hit. I had a friend who's a medium in LA. And um, she has big clients of herself. And she asked me, what do you think is going to happen? I said, I see civil unrest, economic um, uh, separation growing bigger and bigger, the uh -huh. gaps. And uh, I see serious political issues. And I said, right now, you need to get to a place where you feel safe, not just in a physical sense, but a psychological sense. And so with that being said, it's like, Anthony, you make the world safe by entertaining and, and delighting and making dreams come true that's in an insecure world who makes the world safe but the people who actually make it safe not waiting for the world to be safe not waiting for the world to be successful not waiting for the world to be abundant you you and your heart and all your creativities every single person in your team you're changing the world right now and they're waiting for you to tell them it's safe it's good we can do this Mm -hmm. We can do this. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> Going on forever. I know, right? <laughs> and that was, that's not why we brought you on. Nope. Honestly, <laughs> because we wanted to talk about you. Tell us where they can find you. You can if, find if, Yeah. Yeah. Find me at leslieinc.org. And um, if you just want to hear my thoughts and things, um, leslieinc.org forward slash blog. And that's L-E-S-L-I-E-I-N-C dot mm -hmm. org. Correct. Uh, and her books are on Amazon. You can look for Leslie Juvan Acker's books. That's J-U-V-I-N dash A-C-K-E-R. Look for her books on Amazon. She has three and she'll, she'll be, you'll be hearing from her again and again and yes. again, I'm sure. She's a force. <laughs> you are a force, a force. Thank you. Thank for you. For being a force in our lives. Thank you. Thank you. Final words. Last words, parting words. For, for me or yeah. for Alex? Oh for you, gosh. For you, would you, would you have any parting words for us? I do actually, I wrote this down on my little post-it note. And this is a last thought for everyone here today as a words of encouragement. I am in my true place. I am doing what I love to do. I am divinely happy. I am divinely prospered. Can you read it again? I am. I am in my true place. In my true place. I am doing I'm, what I love to do. I'm doing what I love to do. I am divinely happy. I'm divinely happy. I am divinely prospered. I am divinely prospered. Wow. It was such a pleasure to have Leslie with us today. Yep. Uh, right? Yep. And, you know, the reason why we felt it was so important is uh, there's a lot of stress right now. A lot of people are feeling it and have been feeling it. And uh, the event coordinator, event planner, meeting planner position has always been considered one of stress for as long as it's been considered a viable position, I should say. It places up there with firefighter and soldier. It's not an easy thing to do. So self 
self-care is important. So we hope you'll take some of these uh, tips that uh, Leslie shared with us today and put them to good use. Any last words, Alex? It was a very nice reminder today for me to uh, take a more holistic approach to every aspect, whether it's personal or business. Uh, that's very, very important. And a reminder that I have tools that I forgot I had, like I'm certified Reiki. So I know how to do Reiki and I know how to do self Reiki. And I forget to take the time to do that. So Leslie is just a beautiful reminder that we, if we dig a little, we all have the tools within us to have self-care not to, and, and care for others as well. Yeah, she said the, the answer is pretty much in us, right? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. We hope you found uh, today valuable. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And if you have event information or event entertainment questions, please email info at bolada.com or uh, you can find us at bolada.com. Just look for the Bolada Five tab. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, that's all we have to say. Bye-bye.